Welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. Hey, it's so good to read those accounts of the Christmas story. I hope you did okay in the quiz there. Uh, so Matthew actually recounts the story of the wise men. And in Luke's gospel, we, we hear about the angels bringing the good news to those shepherds who then go and visit Mary and Joseph uh, in the stable there. So, uh, you know, like use the chat there to let people know if you got it all right or not. And uh, hey, don't forget your connection card there if you'd love to stay in touch with us. If you're new to church or you'd love us to be praying with you about something, giving options, everything like that is available on those uh, links there. You know, uh, for this message today, I wanted to... I guess, focus on the idea of our personal response to the coming of Jesus Christ. There is a a momentous occasion that that split history uh, in two, and it's incredibly important for uh, us to have a think about what that means and how that impacts uh, us. You see, everyone who encountered Jesus, especially in those early days, and we're talking about a little baby, right? That, you know, that picture of Jesus that, that, that people, you know, feel maybe most comfortable with. But this, this baby brought out the most intense reactions uh, from people, the most amazing encounters with him. And I just wanted to look at that for a moment. But here's the thing I discovered as I reread these stories for, oh, you know, the hundredth, thousandth time perhaps, was that there was a, a personal impact right, that all of these, these encounters with Jesus had on people. But also, every one of those encounters showed us something on the grander scale, or in the case of the angels, I guess, the, the cosmic scale of what God was really doing. And that's what I, what's so amazing about the work of God in our lives. It is so intensely personal, and yet we're all a part of His plan. I was trying to think of really imperfect ways of describing this. And here's a very imperfect analogy, but it's a little bit like someone rescuing you out of a difficult situation, maybe pulling you out of a burning building. You would be so grateful for that particular person, right? But there's another perspective. You might realize on the, on the way out that this person is wearing the uniform and, and they're a firefighter. And that would actually give you a different perspective. You might then not only be thankful personally, but really grateful that you're perhaps a part of a society uh, where, uh, uh, where there's a government that cares for you and for its citizens enough to have these sorts of things in place. So not only is there a personal impact on you, but there's something actually happening Uh, You're a part of a bigger and broader picture, and that is at play as well here. So let's have a look. Let's dive in a little. What's what's going on with these shepherds? You know, the real picture here is that Jesus' arrival was announced to outcasts on the outskirts, right? The shepherds were on the outskirts of town. They were kept outside, and really they were considered outcasts. Uh, You know, one particular commentary I was looking up said that the, the rabbis considered them to be religious outcasts, And their testimony was not admissible in court. That's an important thought there. This is because they lived with the sheep. And so they were were just considered unclean because of the environment that they operated in. And that meant that their testimony was not considered admissible admissible in legal situations. You know, the incredible thing about, we're told about the shepherd's journeys, one of the first things they did was ran around as witnesses, right? As giving testimony to what they'd experienced, to God's goodness. I love the way God includes the outsiders. This, this tells us that God doesn't just show up for the respectable, the ready, and the proper. 
but but this this God is incredibly personal and is in some ways reckless and doesn't mind you know throwing overturning social conventions. You know, God came crashing into the world of these shepherds, angelic hosts filling the skies so much so that the first angel that showed up had to say, as angels always seem to do, don't be afraid. If one angel is terrifying, what does the armies of heaven do when they show up? You know, and, and so I guess the thought for me is maybe, maybe we need a good surprise sometimes as well. Maybe we've got God boxed in. Maybe life is, is, is predictable. Maybe we've got it all sort of a certain way uh, in our minds. But there is so much more going on. And God broke through their isolation and their routine and their comfort and all that they were used to experience. You know, this was a, a highly emotional experience. This was a frightening experience. And there was a lot of flurry and a lot of activity going on. And that sounds a lot like Christmas to me, right? This delightful mix of terror and joy all wrapped up in a flurry of activity and travel and noise and chaos and smells and mess. And that seems like what Christmas uh, is like, hey? But what do we learn from the shepherd's encounter with Jesus? Yes, it impacted them personally. And they ran off to find uh, this saviour. But you know what we learn from the shepherds is that Jesus is heaven's best. He is God's gift. All of the major offices of Jesus, this is getting really technical and theological for a moment, are confessed in one sentence as the angels bring the message to the shepherds that he is Savior, he is Lord, and he is Christ. That is, Jesus is deliverer, he is master, and he is anointed king. Isn't that incredible? He's deliverer, he is master, and he is anointed king. That's what is, is declared by the angels and what the shepherds understand and appreciate. You know what I love, though? Is that this, this king, this savior, this redeemer is approachable. He is personal. You know what said to the, the angels say to the shepherds? You will recognize him. And he was, he's, you find him in a manger. What are shepherds familiar with? A manger, a place where animals inhabit. Isn't that incredible? That the message to the shepherds was that they would go and find and encounter Jesus in a way that made sense to them. God's not hiding from you. Joy and wonder and life and activity are, are all a part of what God is, is doing. It's not just an academic pursuit, but God is relatable, wants to connect with you. He's real and He is near. And we're told that these shepherds respond with a, a sense of breathless joy. They run around glorifying and praising God. They, they cannot wait to share the good news. It's the first thing they do. They, they just run through the streets sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. Well, let's contrast that with the experience of the wise men. Now, it's Matthew's gospel that records this incredible journey. And there's a whole lot of different things. We, we understand that instead of a sudden moment of encounter, the, the wise men were on a mission. Maybe this was the very first Christmas pilgrimage. Maybe you're preparing for a journey interstate that you haven't been able to take all, all year. That's what, definitely what we're doing. We've got a long drive ahead of us uh, pretty soon for some Christmas family gatherings. This was the original Christmas pilgrimage, the wise men on this journey. And the only three in this story is the number of gifts. There were not necessarily three wise men. In fact, it would have been a whole caravan or train of people. There would have been camels and, well, and these wise men who were, who were sort of, kind of considered astrologers or 
influential people in their culture and they've traveled a long way and depending on 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 how you're reading the story it's quite likely that this happened sometime after jesus birth because uh, they'd seen the star and they were set set their course to find out um, about where this king of the jews was but these gifts, although there are three, and we too often associate with just three wise men, what do they tell us uh, about the, the journey of the wise men and how they encountered Jesus? Well, gold is, is a gift fit for a king. Frankincense is an incense, that the burning of which represents prayer. And it was used by priests. And it is a reflection in a lot of ways of the priestly nature of Jesus. He is king, he is priest. And then this myrrh, this fragrant perfume, uh, it was often used uh, in embalming processes. And, and, and a lot of people see the inclusion of that as one of these gifts as a prophetic declaration about his, his salvation and brought through Jesus' death uh, on the cross. Uh, and that this underlines Jesus' role as prophet, as priest, and as king. What a powerful thing we learn just from the gifts that these wise men brought. It's fascinating to see how people of influence responded to Jesus. These wise men, how they responded to Jesus, how Herod, the king at the time, responded to Jesus. One, Herod, he wanted to kill this upstart king. The wise men came to worship him. And that seemed to be the theme throughout Jesus' life. Those who encountered Jesus, the king of the Jews, seemed to either want to worship him or kill him. He was in so many ways a divisive feature because he challenged people to the core of who they were and asked them to make a, a crucial decisions when they encountered him would they celebrate him as lord or deny him and walk away you know the experience of the wise men was in stark contrast to those shepherds wise men uh, expect something the shepherds it's a completely unexpected experience it's a surprise for the shepherds whereas for the wise men it's a fulfillment it's all based around the fulfillment of prophecy the wise men are, are reverent in worship. They fall at their knees, whereas the, the shepherds are like raucous in their praise and celebrating. Uh, the, the wise men, interestingly, they don't return to Herod. He'd asked them to. They, they, they go on their way telling no one about this, whereas the shepherds are running throughout the village telling everybody. And, and I love that God spoke to both groups in ways that were significant, ways that were relevant to them. The shepherds found the Savior in a stable. The wise men were led to him by the stars. They were astrologers. God spoke to them in these unique and these powerful ways. Now, what about the angels? It's really easy to dismiss them almost as the extras in the story. It's unfolding, but just as the wise men and the shepherds were crucial players, so too were these angelic hosts. They, you know what angels are? Angels are witnesses to God's glory up close. They are familiar with, they inhabit this atmosphere of glory that surrounds our mighty God. You know, and these angels, they were the original evangelists. They were bringing literally the good news. They came and they showed up and said, we bring good news, right, to all mankind. Jesus' arrival was the full gospel. It was good news. It was God's plan for mankind. And in their announcement was that Jesus was Savior, Messiah, and Lord. That's, that's what they shared with the shepherds. So the shepherds' revelation was the same as the angels' revelation. I, I love the, the, the thought that the, the angels were announcing a shift in history. They were announcing the revelation of God's plan. They were declaring that, that here comes heaven's best. They were, they were celebrating God's plan. They, they were declaring that Jesus was all that 
was needed for mankind. I love to think about their reaction, not just as those who have to do what they're told, but, but these angels are witnesses to what God is doing and they can't help but praise Him. There is amazement and praise for God's goodness and His perfect plan. They're excited, I, I feel, when I read the story for the recipients of this radical gift. That's you and I. They're excited for mankind who's receiving this gift of peace. They're anticipating the full revelation of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and, and God's plan on the earth. And they are aware of this history changing, this pivotal moment in human history that they were a part of. They were celebrating and announcing this great joy and this great peace that was coming to mankind. So many different responses to Jesus. Some burst out in praise. Some fall to their knees in reverent worship. Some, like Mary, and I wonder about Joseph, who's often in the backstory here, are, are just in silent awe of what God is doing. There is giving that's a response to God. There is singing and thanksgiving and worship and praise. There are, there are those who prophesy. If you, if you read further uh, in, in the Gospels, or we'll read actually prior uh, and, uh, and past this, in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter Two, and then in, uh, we, we read about people like Simeon and Anna, the prophetess, and Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, who even just in, in an encounter with Jesus, for Elizabeth, Jesus is still in Mary's womb. Her baby leaps with joy and she declares Mary to be blessed. Simeon and Anna, who were, who were like prophets and prophetess and those who were devoted to the work of God, recognized that the Messiah had come and they prophesied and praised God for His goodness and all that they could see that He was doing. These are these powerful responses to Jesus. And I guess I just want to take us back there. I want to say, how are we responding to the good news about Jesus' arrival? How are we responding to, to the news that, that not just some historical event took place that leads to some traditions and some celebrations to this day? But what does it mean for you that the Savior of the world has come? that He has righted wrongs, that He has changed history, that He has made a new and a life-giving way for you to be right with God? Does it fill your heart with wonder? Is there joy that, that wells up? Are you, are you in silent awe of the majesty and the glory of God on a, on a cosmic, on an eternal scale that God has shifted the course of history and you and I, can be a part of that. We can be a part of what God is doing. We can receive this most precious gift. I just want to finish with what, what to me is the most personal response of all. And it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Luke records in chapter one of his gospel that Mary's first response to the news that she was carrying the Son of God was with this sense of obedience and devotion, this humility in her but she also saw the power of it she prophesied in this beautiful song beautiful declaration of praise about the goodness of God towards his people and and she was willing to be used by God for his purposes she had that attitude of humility about her and in Luke chapter 2 following Jesus's birth in amongst the chaos in amongst the praise the celebration the guests the visitors, the unexpected, all that is going on. We're told that Mary treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them. She meditated upon them. She 
sought to understand what this meant personally for her, what God was doing. She could see it on the broader scale, but she also knew what it meant to her, what God was saying to her. And I want to encourage you today to ponder these things, to think about what this means. Maybe for you, it's the first time to really get this and understand and maybe you have your attention drawn to what God was doing on an eternal scale at the high level that the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord was coming, that history was changing, that it would never be the same again. Maybe for you, it's to allow your heart to be touched by the deeply personal experience of an encounter with Jesus that left every person who came across his path, even as an infant, even as an unborn child, they were profoundly impacted by this Savior King. They responded in worship and in praise with thanksgiving, giving of themselves. So how are we going to respond? What's your step today? What's your response to the good news? The Prince of Peace has come. Is it to thank God? Is it to celebrate Him? Is it to be reminded of what God has done in your world? Does it stir your heart? Does it put faith in you for what is to come? Then praise God. Then celebrate Him. Then, then, then get on your knees in worship. Then pray and thank God for His goodness. Be in awe of the wonder of your salvation. Or maybe you're joining us today and this is new news. This is good news, but it's new to you. It's new to you that maybe not only were things happening on a big scale, but this was deeply personal. And ultimately, the arrival of the Savior was an invitation to you and I into a personal relationship with Jesus, our Lord. Not just a historical figure, but someone present where you are right now. And if you've never taken that step, I would love to pray for you right now. If you want to find out more about a life lived in relationship with Jesus, maybe right now you want to receive Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You want to respond to God's extravagant gift. He offers you forgiveness. He offers you freedom as you put your trust in Him. As you turn away from that way of living that's all about yourself and as you step into a way of living that is all about glorifying God with His help, His empowering presence by the Holy Spirit to lead you forward. I would love to pray for you if you want to take that step right now. You can let us know if you want to do that by using the link on the screen to say, I raise my hand. That's just catching our attention, saying, hey, that's me. I want to take that step. Please let us know if we can be praying with you as you do that. Let us know on those connection cards, your details, so we can follow up with you and talk to you about this journey of faith. Let me pray for you right now. Jesus, I thank you that every one of us is called to make a personal response to you. Lord, that everyone who encountered you on this earth, was, was drawn to make a response. Lord, and I thank you that right now there's a moment for so many people to receive from you. Maybe in a fresh way, be aware of your goodness in their life. Maybe for the very first time to know what it is to put their trust in you. Lord, I'm praying for my friends right now who are listening to this, who are taking those bold steps of faith. Thank you that you meet with them, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in power. We celebrate you, Jesus, our resurrected Saviour and King. Amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.